Thank you for tuning in to Conversations with KC, a segment brought to you by the Keeping It Real with KC podcast. Here, the conversations are raw and casual with people from a plethora of backgrounds and your favorite host, KC Phoenix. Okay, we have another Conversations with KC episode. So many people have been gracious enough to come on the show and speak with me, and I'm always thankful for that. So I have another guest today, and I will allow that guest to introduce themselves. <laughs> hey, Casey, and, and everybody that's listening, my name is Robert Raymond Realpel. Um, I happen to be an international best-selling author, uh, an app designer, a serial entrepreneur, but one of the things I'm the most proud of is I'm actually a trainer that's been blessed to travel around the world helping people really tap into their lives and, and create financial freedom and live a life of passion. So that's that's who I am, and I'm, I'm really excited to be here, Casey. All right, awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. Now, let's see, where do we want to start? Because you, when you introduced yourself, you gave a lot of information. <laughs> so I, I don't know whether to start with the app designing or either the book or either being an entrepreneur. Which one well, do you want to tackle? <laughs> well, why don't we do the book and the app? Because pretty much I created an app which was based on my book, and it's something I needed in my life. And so why don't we start there? Okay, go for it. Oh, cool. Well, my book, which is called Success Left a Clue, which is from me traveling around the world and being able to connect with a lot of very successful people. And, Casey, when I talk about success, uh, people think that success is just money, fame, and that's it. But I'm really interested in success in all areas of people's life, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial. I love to cover all areas because what I've learned is that the one area you don't take care of is the area that takes you out. And so when I was conceptualizing the book and what I wanted to write, I actually bumped into a guy that had a great concept. He said instead of creating a business or starting a business and having a website and then as an afterthought, having an app, why not create an app to launch a business? And I sat down with him and I said, okay, so can I use an app to actually launch a book? And he said, well, tell me a little bit about your book. And I gave him the six steps that I want to put in my book of how to create the life of your dreams. And, and he started giving me all these amazing ideas of what we could do with an app. And so from there, we created the app. And um, the app, which is called Amentora, so picture the word mentor with an A at the beginning and A at the end. It's like having a mentor in your pocket is what it is. Uh, I will let your listeners know, though, Casey, that version one, which we've had out for a few years, we've taken that down offline because we're coding version two, which is going to be more robust, and it's the six steps of my book. It, you create dream boards in it. You have accountability partners in it. You can find mentors on it. You have a success journal that you can do, and then, like I said, it's stuff I wanted for my life, so I just decided to create an app and, and have fun with it, not knowing what I was taking on, but it's definitely been a fun journey and an interesting one at that. Well, let me ask you this. You're saying that you are doing a – you took down the other version. You're launching – you, you plan on relaunching. Is there an estimated launch date yet, or either is it still you're you're still fine tuning everything, crossing the T's, dotting the I's? Yeah, we're we're definitely doing that because 
Um, we, we are very close to now making it look pretty. We've got all the guts done, all the artificial intelligence in place of coding, and we're doing a little bit of a capital raise to put the finishing touches on it. And so I would say by the end of this year or right at the beginning of next year, we're going to have it ready to go out. Okay, awesome. And you mentioned, I, I just happened to catch that, you, it's like you said it in passing, artificial intelligence. So, for <laughs> new version, I mean, because you said it so lightly. <laughs> I'm like, artificial intelligence, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> so, um, more of that, for the artificial intelligence part, that's something that will be included with the app? Yeah, it, it, exactly. So what it is is because we create dream boards, and, and I don't know if you believe in dream boards and vision boards or not, Casey, but I'm, I'm adamant about them because they've helped my life and, and manifest a lot of things I've wanted in my life. And so on version one, it was a very static-looking, here's 16 squares, put a picture in each square of what you'd like to have in your life. So it was pretty boring. But version two, what we've coded in is picture, it's like taking a pin board and you're going to be able to take and put pictures on it, size them, shape them, overlap them, make it look like you would be really doing one, cutting pictures out of a magazine. And so one of the ways the artificial intelligence comes in, and I'm not a, I'm not a very technical person, but I've learned this from my partner who's been teaching me. <laughs> um, if you want to put a picture onto, say, um, a dream board, you would have to download it from one web browser onto your computer and then upload it onto the picture. Well, we've actually designed it where you can actually, from one browser right to your dream board, you can drag it right over. You don't actually have to download it. So that's one way the artificial intelligence comes in. But the cool thing is, is while you're dragging the picture over and utilizing it, the system is reading, and we use Google artificial intelligence for this. It's actually looking at the picture, and it gives you – a 94% plus generated list of words of what's in that picture. So let's say it's a, um, you have a picture of a wedding because you want to get married, and there's a groom and a bride in front of a, um, a priest getting married. Well, as you're dragging the picture over, the Google artificial intelligence looks at it and goes, it'll generate a list of like bride, groom, wedding, um, big day. And, and so it'll generate this list. So as soon as you put the picture in place, you can actually go grab one of those words and overlay it onto it to bring your dream board more to life. And so that's what what you get to do with that. Wow. Okay. That is amazing. Now, while people are waiting for the second version of the app, they can still go ahead and purchase your book as well. And you were saying with your book that you had spoke um, with other people who have been very successful, I take it, and taking that information and put it into the book. Exactly, because uh, I've been, as I travel around the world and teach, I've, I've actually personally trained over half a million people, but I'm also very well known for being a host, where I've hosted events where we've had people like, well, the one event I did a few years ago, in that event as speakers that I got to then spend time with in the green room, we had the Dalai Lama, we had Sir Richard Branson, we had F.W. de Klerk, which was the president of South Africa that set Mandela free. We had Stephen Covey Sr., one of the final presentations he did before he passed away. Um, Vision Lakiani from Mind Valley, who I didn't know at the time, but turned out he was one of my students in the beginning, and he credits me as being one of his mentors because my training helped him turn his company around, and I don't know if you know what Mind Valley is. 
And so I've been blessed to be able to interact with a lot of these, you know, the minds of the world that are some of the top thinkers of the world. And, and from talking to them and, and just having conversations, I've started to notice a lot of commonality. And so that's what then I put in with what's alignment with me into my book. And you mentioned, you know, that people would have a chance. I'd love for them to go buy it. But we can even do one better, Casey, if you're up for having fun. Sure. <laughs> well, for being <laughs> a guest, for, just for having me as a guest on your show, I'm, um, people are able to actually get the PDF ebook version of my book, Success Left a Clue, as a gift. Cost them nothing to download it and to be able to read it. And, oh. of course, it, it does come with a challenge. It does come with a challenge. See, step, I, I lay out six steps in the book. And most people, what they'll do is they'll pick up a book and they'll read it. But one of the biggest differences I've found from successful people to non-successful people is successful people actually take action. So step number three is taking action. So I wrote the book as a workbook, meaning you're reading it and it's me in a book. It's my energy, my quirkiness, just my fun. And so when you're reading it, it'll have an action step. And I'll plainly say, do this action step before you read any further. And then the beginning of the next chapter, it says, did you do the last action step? If not, stop reading, go back, and do the action step. Because, Casey, I don't want – I love to see people transform their lives, but I don't want them to just read it, put it on the shelf, and make it shelf help. I want them to actually do the steps, because if they do, they'll be able to bring their life to a whole new level. And for a lot of people, a level they haven't even dreamed of before. So that's why I get passionate about it. Right, absolutely. Participation helps things stick a little bit better because I'm like that. I have to do things. I can memorize sometimes, but I'll give you an example. Just for with my podcast, I, I learned about tarot cards because that's one of the things that is on my podcast by watching. But as I started using them, as I started doing the readings myself, that's when I was like, okay, I get it now. It's all coming mm-hmm. together. Because people have to participate. It can't be just a thing where you're on the sidelines. It's almost like if you're watching the Olympics and you're seeing all of these wonderful Olympians do the things that they do and compete, but if you're just watching, you're not really training per se. You won't be exactly. able to reach that point, or should I say the peak, until you start doing the physical part, until you start competing, until you start participating in it, and then that's when you will start seeing the results. So, no, I totally get where you're coming from on that. Now, with the people that you have met, has there been one thing, because the one thing that I've always heard when it comes to successful people is uh, it's been consistency or being persistent <laughs> is the one thing that I've always heard. Uh, I, I don't know if you've heard that as well or something totally different. <laughs> no, you, you're hitting it right on the head, and, and that's one of the biggest differences. And, and call it persistence, call it habits, uh, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, I was just talking to someone about this, that a lot of people, one of the reasons they get frustrated and behind is they're like, but I'm so busy, I don't have time to do anything else, and I'm overwhelmed. And what I realized is, and this is the difference, 
there's a difference between being busy and actually being productive. And so many people are good at being busy, but they're busy doing distractions, and they're not focused. And, and an example of that, especially with social media being what it is, when I'm when I take and I put it on my calendar, I'm going to take an hour as an example, an hour and work on my new book and write. Well, in that hour, I turn off all distractions. I will not take phone calls. I do not check social media. I will not answer emails. None of that. I'm focused on working on that book for an hour. And one hour of focused time can be equivalent up to eight hours of just being busy. Because distractions, people think they're being busy, but they don't realize they're busy being busy. And so when you become productive, you'll find you have so much more free time. And I'm not, and and let me be clear. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, please, no, go ahead. I was going to say, let me be clear. I'm not saying that you have to make yourself now fully productive all the time. So kind of what I've learned and the way I do my calendar is I end up going in, my wife and I will sit down and we'll look at our calendar, and the first thing we'll book in is time for things that are important to us that help us regenerate. So time for ourselves. Where, cause, you know, even though we've been married for 32 years and we do everything together, we know that there's things that we each enjoy individually that regenerates us. So we put that on the calendar first. Time with family first. We put all those important things that most entrepreneurs think pay the price because they're so busy trying to build a business. The, well, my family's going to pay the price, uh, my relationships and all that. So we put those in place first. Then we go in and we look at, what productive times do we want to lay down in, and put in place? And so we'll put in some focus time is what I call it. We'll put focus time on the calendar. And now the rest of the time, we can do whatever we want. We can work as much as we want or as little because we've taken care of the important things first so that we can take care of us because you can't give what you don't have. So if you don't have energy for yourself and you don't have, you know, you're, you're burnt out yourself, how are you ever going to think you're going to be able to contribute fully to other people and be productive or be present with them. You won't. You'll just be stuck. Absolutely. And that actually dovetails sort of into what I was about to say. I had on um, Eric Winters recently, and one of the things that we were talking about was sleep. And he was saying that most people need eight to nine hours of sleep. And then I gave an example. I was like, oh, well, you know, some people – don't sleep that often because they feel because time is finite, they have to constantly work. And (laughs) he made the point that, well, if they were to get the appropriate amount of sleep, they would more than likely be even more productive because they would be more focused and they would put out better quality work was his example. Totally, totally agree, 100%. Because I'll tell you, days I don't, I don't, um, I don't sleep a lot because my mind gets busy. But then I've learned to find ways to quiet it so I can sleep, and I don't beat myself up. I know that when I'm busy, I'm busy. But when it's time to relax, I relax. Uh, that's why, you know, my wife and I, we make sure we take lots of holidays. We spend lots of time with family, and so that when it's time to be busy, we know that okay. I've got only so much time to get stuff done. Let's get it done. And and, and I actually, what I teach people, I, I teach them there's something called four phases 
of life that we all go through. And one of the phases is called the energy phase, which is when you're in that phase, that's the time to get things done. So if I'm in an energy phase, because I've taken care of myself, if I put in an 18, 20-hour day, I'm good with that because it's productive, because I know that I've taken the time to read, to watch movies, to enjoy the things I enjoy. And I'll use the example of people ask me all the time, Casey, they go, well, Robert, why do you, when you're flying 200,000 miles a year around the world training people, why do you go overseas on these long flights that are 10, 12, 14, 15 hours long? And one of the reasons is because I, I want to help the people at all over the world. I love connecting with people from all over. But the other part is a little bit, um, well, it's a little selfish, to put it simple. I know that the moment I sit in my seat on a plane, that's my time. If there's Wi-Fi, I don't connect to it. I'm there to read, watch movies, sleep, have some good food, and drink some good wine because that's <laughs> what I love to do. So that's my time. And because I know the moment I land in the country, I've got three to five days, depending on the training, where I'm going to be on stage up to 12 hours a day in front of up to 6,000 students doing full-on training. So I give myself permission to have that relaxation. I don't do work on the plane. That's my time, plain and simple. Okay. So it's all about focusing and carving out the appropriate amount of time for the things that you find important, or should I say most important. Right. And and my wife and I, we love spending time with family. So that's very important to us. So because we're the entrepreneurs, we will we can work our time around their having to do jobs. And it makes our family ties so much um, tighter because they know that they're important to us and and we are important to them. And that's what allows us then to buckle down and get stuff done when it's time to do the work. Well, let me ask you this. What, because obviously, and this is the same question I asked Eric yesterday, obviously you weren't just dropped into this where you're <laughs> training people and doing classes or anything like that. What was it that pushed you to do what you do? Because, like I said, you weren't just dropped into it. Something had to push you and say, hey, I think I want to train people, or hey, I learned some new things. I think I want other people to know about the things that I've learned. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I could say a lot of mistakes is what put me to it, but because I believe that everything happens for a reason and that reason's there to serve you, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. But, boy, it, it's been a journey. Um, my wife and I, you know, we met when we were 13, we started dating when we were 16, and we actually got married when we were 19, and we just celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary two weeks ago. And for us, we've gone on a journey together where we've had a lot of ups but a lot of downs. And one part of our life, we, out of necessity, had started delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza when I was 21. I ended up being able to become a manager. And then at the age of 23, my wife, who was my assistant manager, we ended up being able to find a way to become franchisees. And we were Domino's Pizza franchisees. We thought we were being pretty successful, but we knew how to run a store, but we didn't know how to run a business. And by the time we were franchisees for eight years, we were over $150,000 in debt, stressed out beyond belief, not enjoying it anymore, and not knowing what could we do uh, to even get out of it. 
um, we ended up getting introduced to personal development, and a three-day weekend completely changed our life. We understood and took ownership that we were the one that created the debt, and why? Because of how we thought about money, how we spent, our habits, and we started changing our thinking and making some decisions to go in the direction of where we wanted to have our life, and we were able to actually go from being $150,000 in debt to actually being completely retired, financially free, nine months later at the age of 32. And our minds went, wow. (laughs) I thought that might catch your attention. (laughs) And our, our minds went, that worked. And if that much information gave us this result, what could more learning do? And so for the next two and a half years, we dove in and learned from as many people as we could. And we just started learning from so many people. And that's when I found my passion was to teach because the way I looked at it, Casey, was that if I could even help one person, one person do what my wife and I had been able to do, go from being deep in debt to financially free and successful, it would be all worthwhile. And I've now spent the last 18-plus years doing that, and that's why I've now personally trained over half a million um, people around the world. That is amazing. So... And throughout the training, you've met different people, like you mentioned before, which one of the ones that stuck out is um, Sir Richard Branson as well. He's, mm-hmm. it's, some people don't know. For my listeners out there, it's a funny story <laughs> with him, <laughs> with how Virgin Airlines started, <laughs> because he had a bad experience with a, another carrier. And after that experience happened, he decided to charter a plane and started selling tickets for, I think it was like $25. And then that's sort of how it started. And it always amazes me how people are, what's the word I'm looking for? Just can be, have that, that desire. You know, I have the tiger type thing where it's like, I'm going to show you. That's actually what happened with Lamborghini. As well, for some people who may not know, the owner of Lamborghini and the owner of Ferrari were friends with each other. The And I don't remember their names, but I remember the story. <laughs> and the owner of Lamborghini <laughs> would always buy Ferraris because Lamborghini was a tractor company. Some people don't know that. It was a tractor company. So the owner would always buy Ferraris from the owner of Ferrari. And he would test drive them and do things like that. Well, one time he just made a suggestion. He was like, hey, um, you might want to consider making this change to the Ferrari. And the owner of Ferrari was like, you stick to your tractors. Don't tell me what to do with my cars. And then the owner of Lamborghini tractors was like, oh, okay, I'll show you. And then he built his own car. And then that is how the Lamborghini line started and became competition to Ferrari, which is amazing. I just wanted to throw that out. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to throw that information out there because there's something about entrepreneurs. Their minds just work differently because the average person might have been like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess I will stick to my tractors or I'll do this or I'll do that. Or the average person might be like, well, it's just bad customer service from this airline. I'll just have to put up with it. But the entrepreneur, 
the one who's like, you know what, I think I'll start my own airline. You know what, I think I'll start building my own sports cars. <laughs> that type of mindset is not always easy to come by. And for those who are not born with it, do you believe that they can be taught? Because that's where I'm going with all of this. I, I, I always tell people I have a point with the story that I'm telling. <laughs> but do you believe that they can be taught and trained to get out of the average mindset of, oh, well, I can't, I don't know, maybe, to say, you know what, let's do it. I can do this. And if it doesn't work, I'll try again. And if that doesn't work, I'll try again. I absolutely, absolutely 100% do believe that. However, there is a caveat with it. See, a lot of times it depends on how much pain a person um, is in to make the change and how they were raised. And here's the example of what I'm talking about. Um, for me, I, if it was left up to me, I would probably be comfortably miserable in a job right now. I would have never gone the entrepreneur route. I would have never done anything like that. Because my conditioning and what I grew up as a child was you find a job that pays you the most, is the most secure, and, you know, so it has a good union or whatever it is, and you even if you hate the job, you stick with it so you have security for your family. That's how I was raised. That's And that in-the-box thinking was the way. And so if someone would suggest something a little different, I'd be like, no, no, no. And, well, why not? Well, just no. And see, and I didn't even know why not, but I wouldn't, it wasn't something I wouldn't be, I, I like wouldn't even consider it. Uh, and so the reason I ended up in entrepreneurship is because I happened to have, um, how do we say it to our friends? I was innocent, Casey, until I met my wife. And then she corrupted me. <laughs> because she, she was not willing to just stay within the lines and think normal way of thinking. So when I started, we were, you know, about to have the stores in our Domino's Pizza were about to be sold, and we knew that as managers, the first people that are laid off are the managers because the new owners want to bring their own management team in. I'm like, what are we going to do? We've got to find another franchisee. We've got to become a manager. We've got to, you know, see what other store we can work at. And my wife's like, well, why don't we buy the stores? And I'm like, we don't have any money. She goes, and? I said, so we don't have any money. We don't make very much. We, that's, that's crazy. But my wife would not let it go, and she said, then let's learn how to find or how to get financed and buy the stores. And it took us about four months of making a lot of mistakes. We would pay someone, they'd go, wow, I can get you financing. Um, my fee is $1,000. So pay me my fee, I'll get you financing, guaranteed. We'd pay them the fee, and all of a sudden they'd have some reason why we couldn't get financing. And we, you know, we went through a lot of learning lessons stumbling, and I was, I wanted to quit. I kept on, honey, let's just go find another store to manage. And, but my wife was relentless. And so the pain got big enough that I finally said, then we've got to make it work. So some people, if they don't have pain in their life, they'll never make the change. They'll stay in that comfort zone. That's what will be more important to them. And a lot, it all comes back from what they learned as a child, what they modeled, what they saw. And to, so the reason I say that's a caveat is because can someone, an ordinary person, become successful? Yes. How do I know? That's me. One of the first things I do when I'm on a stage in front of thousands of people, Casey, is I, in the first 10 minutes, I'll come down off the stage and I'll find someone who I know is tall 
and they'll ask them, can you assist me? And they say, sure. I have them stand up because I'm five foot six, so I'm not tall. I'll have them stand right beside me, and I find the tallest person I can find. I'll have the camera on us and on the jumbo screen so that we're, everybody can see us, and I'll say, I want you to notice something. I am short. And the moment I say that, everybody tends to laugh. I'll thank the person, have them sit down, and then I'll say, now why would I say that to you? And the reason is because I want you to understand something. Just because I'm on the stage teaching does not mean I'm any better than you. I'm no different. I came from the same place. I'm going back to the same place. Is it possible I may have some knowledge you don't have? Absolutely. But, ladies and gentlemen, isn't it also possible every one of you has information I don't have? Absolutely. And I set that context with them because I don't want people to think that just because I'm the one on the stage teaching that I'm any better than anybody else. I'm normal and ordinary like everybody else. So if I, and I'm a big believer, if I can do it, then you can do it. The only question is, will you? That's the deciding factor right there. Right. And to grow, you have to get out of your comfort zone. One thing that I always say to my listeners when I do my readings or when I talk about other things, and I say it all the time, comfort and growth are not friends. No. So in order to grow, you have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And and the only is the way we say it, the universal principle is if you're not growing, you're dying. And because we're no different than nature. If a plant's not growing, it's dying. And I love that you do tarot card readings because before I got into personal development, that was too way out there, too woo-woo. It's like, you know, I it just was not in my belief system. But today, I have a sister-in-law who's a shaman, and, and we do card readings all the time where she she's one of the people that helps guide my direction because of my journey. I went from not believing to seeing how it was impacting my life, and it was like, now this is a part of my life. Because it's that important. Right, because it's energy. That's, it is. That's all it is. It's energy. And that's where yeah. manifestation comes in. That's where the vision board comes in. All of that is energy. <laughs> it's all what you are open to attracting to you. And I always say the universe will give you what you want. If you feel that bad things are happening to you and bad things only happen to you, the universe is going to be like, okay, well, if that's the way you feel, here's more of it. <laughs> So, And here's a great example of that. Did you watch the documentary Social Dilemma? I have watched that. No, I have not. Okay. Okay, you've got to watch it because it really goes into the algorithms, how they've been used, and and it it was done in a way to get people really riled up because it it talks about how when you're scrolling through Facebook, even how long you look at a picture is priming it so that – it can then learn what you look at, what you watch, how you see it, how you react, and it gives you more of what you're looking at. And so people were up in an uproar. How dare they? How dare they do this to us? How, and a friend of mine, he said, let me look at this in a deeper kind of way, and he did a deep dive. And all of a sudden he said, do you realize this is actually the greatest example of law of attraction you will ever see? Because your feed in any social media platform you're using, if you want to know what you're spending your time focusing on and thinking about, look at your feed. It's reflecting back to you exactly where you're putting your energy. And 
what he then decided to check out and prove, and we, the two of us have done it, and I love it, is he said, how quickly could we change our feed? And so we started looking at it and only um, liking posts that really, you know, were something we liked. And instead of just liking it, we put a heart. And the moment we just started focusing on those kind of things, all of a sudden our feeds instantly, instantly changed to reflect that. All of a sudden we started seeing more of what we really wanted to see, more things that we enjoyed. And so that was the first step of it. So with Law of Attraction and, and Energy, Casey, a person can instantly change their feed and attract more to them what, of what they want. But what's interesting is here's the hard part. It's the maintenance of it. You see, how quickly, after you take your focus off of only focusing on what you want, all of a sudden your feed will start reflecting things that are bringing you displeasure because you're putting energy towards it. And a perfect example of that is um, when the U.S. You guys, you're in the U.S. I'm guessing, correct? Yeah, or where correct. Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. So when the U.S. went through your presidential election, you talk about polarizing, and people are going, "Look at these posts where the people that don't believe what I believe, and whether they're a Trump supporter or not." And it's like, well, the reason you're seeing all those posts is because when you see one, you write a comment of how you disagree, and so the algorithm's going. Aha! Uh-huh. They obviously want to put energy here. Let's give them more of that kind of stuff. And they're going, but I'm getting all this negative stuff. That's because you're attracting it. Because right. you're reacting to it. Yeah, you're opening up the doorway. And that allows you to see more. Uh... Okay, we're back. The call had dropped everyone. So the way it will be broken up, <laughs> you will figure out as you can tell that yeah (laughs) this is where we were at but as i was saying with the mustang story where it wasn't a thing of you that people just ran out and bought mustangs all of a sudden it was a thing of now your mind since the mustang was on your mind that's the card that you were planning on buying you Mm -hmm. have to notice it and it's like oh wow everybody else does really have a mustang and that's the same thing with opportunity where if you're like, oh, well, there aren't any opportunities. Okay, well, fine. You're not going to notice them. But if you're like, oh, yeah, I can, there are plenty of opportunities out there, then all of a sudden you're going to see the opportunities out there. Yes, and that's exactly it. And, and that's the key is, 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 is the maintenance. And this is why having coaches in your life are important, people in your life that can keep you on track because you can get the change by maintaining it. And, and even an entrepreneur, someone finally goes, well, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur, but it's hard. Well, yeah, it's going to take some work, but if you stay consistent and persistent, watch what can happen. Now, Casey, going kind of on a side note, because I noticed, so are you in Culver City? No, actually, I live in the Valley. So, yeah. I'm, oh, okay. Yeah, Woodland Hills area. Okay, because I saw on my phone when I was calling back, it said Culver City, and it automatically brought me to, um, I don't know if they're still there, but a couple of my students, a mother and son team, they opened a shop a lot of years ago called the Aura shop and if you uh, this was what at the beginning of my starting to believe in things like tarot cards and energy and all that and um they had invited me when i was down doing the training to come to their shop and it absolutely blew me away and we actually did a they did the picture of my auras and how out of alignment they were and they started telling me things about my life that was going on in that moment that no one knew and i was like how did you know that and then they took me to the back, put me on a light bed, 
and then they played the chimes around me as they, the light bed went to work for about 30 minutes just realigning my auras. And when we redid the snapshot, I felt like a thousand times better and in alignment. And it's just stunning. And that's where my belief really started to form um, from that, wow, this is real energy work. And it just so when I saw Culver City, it brought me there. And so I thought I'd mention it. Oh, yeah, no, actually, I, back a long time ago, I did live in the Culver City area, and I lived in Marina del Rey as well, but then okay. I moved to the Valley, but as for places, there is a place in Malibu, I don't know how often you've been to Malibu, but it's called Malibu Shaman, and they have an amazing selection of crystals and tarot decks and so on and so forth out there, and they were really, really cool, I actually discovered them. Um, back in April, because I didn't know they were out in Malibu. So okay. I, nice. Yeah, I was out there looking for something else, and I happened to see the shop, and I'm like, oh, okay, let me go in here. And then I ended up buying a tarot deck while I was in there. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah and and, and my it. wife loves those shops, and so do I. And, and actually, from their shop, they had these two gorgeous geodes that were called the twins, and they were about three feet tall. And I'm like, wow, I fell in love with them. And they're like, well, then we'll sell them to you. I'm like, guys, they're like 300 pounds a piece, and I'm flying down here. I can't take them in my luggage. And they said, then we'll hold them until you drive down. And I'm like, no, don't do that. And they said, nope, they're yours. We're putting them in the back, and they're yours for when you want them. And it took me about two and a half years before we drove down, and sure enough, they still had them there. And it's like, done, Let's, we're buying them. And, and they're still in my house today. I love them. They're gorgeous, great energy. Wow. Well, I tell you what, this has been really, really amazing. I'm just like, we've covered so many things with the app and then also with the book. Now, I don't believe that we, we cover part of the book, but when did you sit down and say, okay, you know what? I'm writing the book. Do you remember when that happened? Because <laughs> honestly, when it comes to writing a book, there, there are a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, I'm going to write a book. And then it, it never happens. <laughs> or yeah. either they get halfway through it and they quit. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, it, it, my journey was 15 years from when I decided I was going to write a book to when I finally put it out. And um, there's a saying that is so true. Writing is rewriting. And so it wasn't – I first conceived the writing, wanting to write a book in 2006 or 2002 um, when I had to take time off and step back and, and take a hiatus because I had got so burnt out traveling and training so much, I wasn't taking care of myself. This is how I learned a lot of these lessons, Casey, is from personal experience. Um, I took a year off, but it turned into three and a half years. And at the beginning of that time, a friend of mine said, look, you've been talking about writing a book for years. Get the damn thing written. And so I started writing the book, and I was I was doing what was called a procrastination write because I was having a hard time actually writing it. And, and, and you will understand this probably more than most people. I, you, you know what you want to say, but by the time, and it would come through me, but by the time I'd type it down, it was gone. And it's like, how did I want to say that? And I, and I'd get frustrated, right? And yeah, well, my mind moves faster than my hands. <laughs> right, and, and then when you're truly present, you're just channeling, so you don't even realize, like, didn't you try to remember what it was you just thought or said? And it's like, nope, nope, it's gone. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I finally got frustrated one day and, and all of a sudden, I got one of those one-handed claps. Now, picture the palm of your hand hitting yourself on the forehead. It's an aha moment. And I realized 
Robert, the reason you're struggling is you've never written a book. And yes, I do talk in, you know, to myself lots of times because it's never a problem to talk to yourself. When you start arguing with yourself, then you might want to think that there's a little issue there. Just saying. And so I'm talking to myself and I'm like, you know, the reason you're struggling is you've never written a book before. You don't know how to do it. But what do you know how to do? Well, I know how to train. Well, then write a training on the book. So I sat down and in two hours, I wrote a whole one day training based on the concept of my book. And then I phoned up one of my former students who has a training company and I asked him, I said, you know, can I come down and do a full day training for your students? And he's like, Robert, I've been waiting for you to do that. So I went down and did it twice and we recorded it. And now I'm in the moment, I'm in the flow, saying what I want to say, you know, just really letting it go. And we um, recorded it both sessions. I sent it to a ghostwriter and in two weeks she put it into a book format. And it was like, now I'm reading through it and I'm like, this is it. Okay, but I want to adjust this. And now it was easy to edit it. Now the interesting part is I am a world-class procrastinator, Casey. World-class procrastinator. But I own that. I know I am. So I've learned the ways to, you know, make sure I don't procrastinate too bad. I put the book back down and didn't write it for another, do anything with it for another four and a half years. And then all of a sudden it was like, it's time. I took the manuscript out, started reading it, and it definitely was time because in the two, the four years or whatever since I actually had it written, I had changed even more and I ended up very quickly though, very, um, rewrote half the book because I had a whole new perspective on things. And the moment I made the decision it was time to be done, we were able to write it, um, rewrite it fairly quickly, got it published, 2017 it came out, it's become an international best-selling um, book because uh, I have students all over the world. And um, so, yeah, and that's already four years ago that we, we released it. Wow. Well, some things are, and, and not that this is a co-sign on procrastination for my listeners, <laughs> but something, <laughs> as I always say, it's about divine timing where things yeah. will happen at the right time. It's not a thing where people can go ahead and rush, 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 rush to try and always meet a deadline. Some things are just divine timing. I, I remember, I don't know if you've seen the movie. It's kind of old now. But it's The Bodyguard with Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. The, Hello, I'm old, so of course I remember that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but with that particular movie, that script was almost, I think, 15 years old before it was actually shot. They actually yeah. had to go through and redo it because it, you know, the part where they were saying that Frank was upset because he wasn't there because of the Reagan assassination, when the script was originally written, it was actually the Kennedy assassination, and they had to make yeah. little changes and stuff like that. But the thing is that divide time, and the movie went on to do, I think it was $400 million worldwide. So it's all about when things are supposed to happen. And I I don't want people to ever feel like I have to get this done now. Now, obviously, a sense of urgency is good. That's one thing that we used to hear all the time at T-Mobile when I used to work there many, many years ago. They would always say, don't rush, but have a sense of urgency. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I agree with that. And, you're again, you're, you're spot on with this because here's the thing is when you're uh, – when I say I'm a world-class procrastinator, one of the things I – because I'm aware of myself 
and I don't use it as a weakness. I just know it's something that I do. So then it's like, how can I utilize that knowledge now in my favor? And so one of the quotes I came up with is, I design my day in such a way that procrastination cannot play. And what that means simply, Casey, is because I know I haven't had to work for money for years, but I love doing what I do, and I know if I don't, um, in the morning, if I don't have a meeting or something, I'll sleep in. I'll hit that. I've become a snooze button ninja. I am <laughs> so good with the snooze button. And so knowing that, if I commit to myself, and this is the same as most people, when you make a commitment to yourself and you're the only one involved, it's so easy to break it. So on purpose, I will make sure I have meetings or phone calls or um, interviews first thing in the morning. Why? Because I've now made a commitment to someone else, and I will hold up to that commitment 10 times out of 10. And so now I have a reason to have to get up, get ready, because then I know once I'm up and going, my day is going to be golden because I will keep going. I won't, you know, once I'm flowing, I'm in that flow. So I've learned because of who I am and how I do things, I've learned to work with it. I don't beat myself up being a procrastinator. I don't sit there and say, what are you doing? Because that's what most people do. I just go, okay, good notice. This is what I, who I am, so let's work with it. And I found a way to work with it. Perfect. Quite amazing. Well, I tell you what, we are getting close to wrapping up the conversation. I guess this is the second part that we're in right now. This is the call <laughs> dropping. <laughs> I guess Google or T-Mobile put a hit out on us. But as for the things that we discussed, the first thing is, is that do you have a website that you – that the listeners can go to? Yeah, for them to get the book, because I definitely would like them to go in and get that the ebook and start using it. And so what I'm going to say is go to SLAC, which stands for success, left a clue. So S-L-A-C dot rocks, R-O-C-K-S, forward slash book. And that will allow them, so S-L-A-C dot rocks, forward slash book, that will allow them to get um, my book as a gift. And then they can follow me on Facebook. Just put my name in, Robert Riopel, and you'll find my fan page. My last name is R-I-O, P as in Peter, E-L. So Google that on Facebook or search it on Facebook. You'll find my fan page. They can follow me there. And, um, yeah, that's that's the easiest way to kind of stay in touch with what I'm doing as I impart information around the world. All right, perfect. And as for the app, by the latest, 2022 is what we're looking at for the second launch. That is a commitment I put in place with myself and my team, yes. Okay, awesome. Well, Robert, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. I'm sure that my listeners have enjoyed this conversation has been very high energy <laughs> through throughout, and that's always a good thing. I love good energy, so I, I oh, thank you for being yeah. gracious enough to come on the podcast. Oh, my absolute pleasure! And, and look, if there's ever any way I can assist, just do not hesitate to reach out and connect with me. I love to connect people. I love to be um, of service because the more people we can kind of help, give a little hope and a little direction to, the better things are especially during this time. You know, the, the, the worst thing I think they could have called it was social distancing. You know, physical distancing, sure, so that people stay safe. But social distancing, right now more than ever, people, I believe, 
social is what they have to be that really help them get through things. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Perfect. So. I would again like to thank Robert for the amazing interview. This concludes the Conversations with Casey episode. Thank you to all of the listeners for all of your support. I sincerely appreciate it. I I really, really do. And also, don't forget about Robert's book. It is S-L-A-C, Success Left a Clue, dot rocks, dot Oops, excuse me, forward slash book. Have to correct that. Let me say that again. S-L-A-C dot rocks forward slash book. And what I will do is I will put this link in the description section. That way you can download the book for free. Thank you to everyone. Again, I, you guys just don't know how much it means to me because I I see that people have been listening to the interviews, people have been listening to the tarot card readings, people have been listening to the daily thoughts and the wacky news weekends and the sports episodes even though I don't watch sports and all types of stuff and it, it just means the world to me and if you can support Robert I would sincerely appreciate it and as I always say K-I-R-W-K-C dot com, main podcasting platform. This podcast is carried on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Overcast, Bullhorn, Amazon Music, Audible, and several other podcasting platforms. Please feel free to listen to this podcast on whatever platform is most convenient for you. K-I-R-W-K-C on all the social media platforms. Until next time, be blessed.